thank you all very much. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalms chapter 150. It's actually the last psalm of all of the psalms, so it's all the way at the end of Psalms. You know, we hear these phrases, praise God, worship God all the time. But i got to ask a question. What does praise and worship God really mean? And why do it? Is it really necessary and important? Or is it something that's secondary? Something that can be disregarded, dismissed, and maybe even avoided? You know, i got to tell you, I strongly believe what Pastor Stevens is saying, that this world is a changing. There is a fresh wind. There is something going on in this world. He calls it climate change, not talking about environmentally, but there's something that's changing this world. And I'm not just talking about the U.S. and the world and even politics only, but socially, economically, and I believe God wants to do something spiritually. But I believe that that spiritually climate change in our hearts and in our church is directly related to praise and worship. I believe that it cannot be dismissed. I believe it cannot be disregarded. I believe that it can't be made as a second fiddle. I believe it's primary. I believe it's holy. I believe that it's sacred ground. And unfortunately, I think that there are some people who don't believe that way. And you're missing out. You're missing out on a blessing And I hope and I pray that God help me to articulate that in what the scripture says. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 150. It's uh, six verses. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament or heavens. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. You know, let's look at praise and worship from the, the, the five W's. What, why, when, where, and how to praise and to worship. God. Let's look at what, first of all. So what does it mean to praise God? Well, our text commands us and commands all living creatures to worship. To worship who? To worship the Lord. Verse 6. Now, there's uh, several words that describe praise and worship. One of them, the Hebrew word uh, for praise is yada, Y-A-D-A-H. And it means to praise, to give thanks Because praise and thanks definitely do go hand in hand. You can't praise God unless you appreciate and you have gratitude for what he's done for you. The second word is zamar, meaning to sing praises. You know, in this chapter, in these six verses, praise, the the name praise, the word praise is used 13 times. God is trying to tell us something. The third word is Halal, H-A-L-A-L, okay, which is the root word for where the word we get hallelujah, 
which means God be praised and honored. And all these three words contain the idea of giving thanks and honor to the one who is worthy of praise. To the one who is the only one who's worthy of this praise and worship. You know, I got to tell you, when you look at nature, I think nature gives praise and glory to God. I mean, you look at, the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The stars, they twinkle. God didn't have to make them to twinkle. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. But they twinkle. And I think that they're giving glory to God. The birds, they chirp. I mean, beautiful. And some of these birds, and just beautiful chirping. The trees, they all don't go sideways. They all go up. Flowers go up. And I think that they're giving glory to God. But, guys, even though nature, I believe, is giving worship and glory to God, the sun, giving its radiation, the moon, where does the moon get its light from? from a, it's, it's, it's a reflection of the sun. And so all of nature, I believe, worships and gives praise but god is looking at you and me to give him praise and that's why we were made that is the reason for our existence you know the bible says in genesis 1:26 that we humans were made in the likeness in the similitude in the image of god almighty we were given a soul we were given a spirit okay a tree doesn't have that a bird doesn't have that. You and I are different for many reasons. But one of the reasons is because we can praise God. We've got a soul. In the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they were not just physical beings, body, but they were spiritual beings. And their spirit was alive, and it was in communion with God. And the Bible says that God told Adam, warned him, Warned Eve, you can touch anything in this garden, but don't touch that tree because you're going to die. Let's look at that scripture. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, they walked out of the garden of Eden. They didn't die. But they did. They no longer had their spirits alive. They no longer had that communion with God. They now became singular. Where before that, they were physical and spiritual beings. And their spirit was alive to God. But because they rebelled against God, they disobeyed God, they listened to Satan and not Lord God Almighty, their spirit died. And since that time... God has sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. That when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and when we ask him, come into us, our spirit becomes alive, and we can now have communion with him. But until we do that, we can't worship God spiritually. Let's look at another scripture. It says, um, John 4, 23 through 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship must worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
We have to be able to have us humans, our spirit come alive. We've got to become born again. Otherwise, we can't worship him. And we've got to do it in truth. That means in sincerity. That means no hypocrisy. You can't be living a double life. If you do that, that's the whole reason why Adam and Eve got kicked out of the presence of God. But if you and I realize what a privilege it is to be able to commune with God, to be able to have our spirit connect with him because he's spirit, then we'll appreciate it. And we'll say, oh, God, as Pastor said this morning, fill me with your Holy Spirit every day. I want to be continuously full, okay? Because, God, I have been made alive again to commune with you. There's no longer the veil that's separating us. We are now walking into the holy of holies. You know, though we can heap praise on a lot of people, right? Praise is easy, you know? And we should say praise. Like, we should say to our son, to our daughter, to somebody at work, to a coworker, to somebody who cooks a good meal, hey, that was a good job. Hey, thank you. Hey, man, that was really, really good. Praise is okay in that regard. But praise doesn't become praise and worship until it's with the Spirit. It's at a much higher level. And that praise and that worship should only be for the one who's worthy of that. Praise is easy. But praise and Spirit and true worship is not. You know what it does? It causes us to realize we need Him because we're sinners because of our weakness, because of our utter dependence on him. What would you say? Utter dependence? Yeah, utter dependence. In other words, I had somebody tell me, I don't need God. I said, really? Let's see here. Stop your heart from beating right now. I can't. It's an involuntary muscle. But God surely can. Your heartbeat, your life is not in your hands. It's in his hands. And so, therefore, we praise and we worship and we acknowledge the one that has that power. If you think you have the power, you're sorely mistaken. It causes us, or praise requires us to become humble, to dethrone and demagnify ourselves and magnify him. In other words, to take your problems off of yourself. Why is this going on? Why is this? And all of a sudden, just say, you know what, God? I don't know all the reasons why, but I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to praise you. See, it's impossible to magnify God when our focus is on ourselves and our problems and our circumstances. We have to look beyond that. We have to acknowledge him as Lord and that our priorities are aligned with his priorities. See, praise and worship, it's an attitude of the heart. He desires, God, the Lord desires And he deserves our praise and worship, our sincerity. Praise and worship should be a lifestyle, shouldn't it? Oh, that's just for Sunday. No. Praise and worship should be something that we honor him. We acknowledge who he is. And we do it continuously. So, that was the what. Why? Why should we praise him? Well, first and foremost, for who he is. Is The Bible says in Psalms 150, says, He is the creator of the universe. He's the creator. He made all of these things for his power. Psalms 95.6, it says, Oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, the creator. 
And he's not just the creator of the universe, but he's our creator. He made us. We didn't come from a tadpole. We didn't come from evolution. We didn't come by randomness. God himself made us in his likeness. Psalm 71, 6. It says, by you I have been sustained from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise, because of that, shall be on you continuously. I love what King David says in Psalms 139, 14. He says, I will praise you. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He's our Savior. Why should we praise him? He's our Redeemer. He's the propitiation for our sins. He's our great advocate. He's our lawyer. His name is above all names. He is the sole mediator between us and Father God. No one else we can pray to. No one else can hear us but the Lord Jesus. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. No, no, no. I'm making my money by myself. I'm doing it. It's because I'm smart. It's be- really? He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. Why else besides who he is? How about for what he has done for us? He died for us. He forgave us. He saved us from a devil's hell. And he saved us from our sins, from being bound by the junk and the bad habits. He's broken those chains. The Bible says, he who is forgiven much, loves much. What does that mean? He who is forgiven much, praises much, worships much. Here you had this woman, the Bible says was a sinner. The scribe, the Pharisee, said, Jesus, come eat at my house. Jesus goes, walks into the house and sits down. Then this lady, a sinner, bad sinner, finds out that he's in there. She goes in there. And then she starts washing his feet with her tears, her hair. She gets an alabaster box. And she just starts pouring this on his feet to make his feet smell good. The Pharisee says, hey, why? Why are you letting her do this? She goes, he who has been forgiven much loves much. When I came in, you didn't uh, wash my feet, but yet she washed them with her tears and her hair. When I came in, you didn't give me anything to be able to make me smell good. She gave me an alabaster. And she, because of her love and her appreciation, because he who loves much, worships much, values much. First Chronicles 16, 20, 23, it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation every day. Every day. Every day, not just Sundays. First Timothy 2, First Peter 2, 9 through 10. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now you are the people of God obtaining his mercy. Oh, God. So here's a question. Can God tell how much you owe him by the level of your praise and worship? Jesus, 
when he's there on the streets, people are saying, Hosanna in the highest. They're worshiping him. And the, and the religious people said, hey, tell them to be quiet. What did Jesus say? If they're quiet and they don't praise me, even the stones themselves will praise God. It's the primary purpose for our lives, to praise and exalt him, to worship God. He seeks it and it pleases him. Psalms 149, 14a says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. We just sang that song right now. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. For the Lord takes pleasure in the worship and praise of his people. Romans 15, 11 says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. We're Gentiles. All you peoples. Praise the Lord. Psalms 22, 3. I love this one. says, God inhabits the praises of his people. Hey, I want God to be in our midst. Oh, God, please come into our midst. God makes a promise. I inhabit the praises of my people. If we want God's praises here at church, if you want God's praises there at your home, if you want God's praises wherever you are, the Bible says lift him up, praise him, and God promises I will be there. I will inhabit the praises of my people. Another benefit when we praise and focus on God's goodness is, listen, tension leaves and physically we'll feel better. Oh, I'm hurting this. And, you know, I knew this one person, and you guys know what a hypochondriac is? I mean, always, always complaining about this and this. I've known the person now for over 20 years. And not, and Pastor uh, Puglisi and I were talking about this. I won't mention the name, but, you know, all, and that doesn't come to our church right now, but, boy, <laughs> it's not you. Okay, it's somebody else. And, um, but all, I mean, any conversation, you can be talking about Big Macs. Oh, man, my shoulder hurts, man. You know, whatever it is, and it's always something physically. Praise God. Thank God. And let's see what happens. Praise works. Praise works. See, what often seems to be a tragedy can be turned for the good. If we can praise him no matter what, it can turn out to be a wonderful blessing. Romans 8.28 God causes all things to work for the, God, for the good. For those who love him. What is love him? For those who praise him. For those who worship him. All things God is able to cause for the good. You know, praise, it's like it releases a power and the atmosphere will change. Your circumstances and your perspective will change. You'll be in God's perfect peace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were about to be thrown in the furnace. And they're in the furnace and they're not being burned up. I believe not just because they stood for their convictions, but because they're worshiping God all the time. God is with them in the furnace. Sometimes we can be in some difficult situations, rough situations. But if we praise God, it's almost like, you know, beam me up, Scotty. It's almost like, God, you're in that situation, but you don't feel like you're in that situation. Because God puts his hedge around you. He puts his peace around you. He puts his comfort around you. And it's almost like you're there, but you're not there. And everybody can be wondering, why isn't that guy bummed out? Why isn't that guy hurting? Because praise 
changes the climate of a person. Ch- praise changes the atmosphere of the person's situation. See, it's almost like praise flips God's power switch onto your situation. So instead of focusing on your problem, you're focused on God. He then helps you and gladly gets involved. Listen, parents. When your child, when your son, when your daughter listens to you and appreciates you and wants to be with you, uh, what do you want, son? What do you want? You know, I mean, it's all, if you have a son and a daughter that appreciates you, obeys you, you want to do whatever for them. We were made in the image of God. When we praise God, when we love God, when we obey God, don't you think God is listening to your prayers? Don't you think God wants to get involved in your situation? When you praise him in the storm, it reminds me of Paul the Apostle and Silas. Remember that? So here they were preaching God, praising the God, preaching the gospel. They got thrown in jail. And before that, they were beaten with rods. So they get thrown in jail. They're bloodied. They're in jail. And who knows how long they were feeling sorry for themselves. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, he says, verse 16 to 34, he said, the Bible says that at midnight they started praising God. And the atmosphere changed. The climate changed. The chains that had them bound were broken. They, they got out of there and they were able to see the jailer saved. And Cornelius and his family, it was a powerful thing. Climate changed. Everything changed. And what was the switch? It was praise and worship. And I've been there. I've been in some tough, tough situations. I remember before I got into my whole legal situation, I remember being told, you know, what I was possibly going to be facing. And I remember I couldn't believe it. But I remember I'm in my backyard and I just started, God, no matter what, I'm going to put you first. And I just started praising him. And you can ask my wife, I would go on walks by myself. And those walks were, I could have easily been singing the oh my's and why oh me's and all that kind of stuff. But I just started praising God. And it was like I was transported and God gave me a peace. God gave me the ability to be able to do it. When I went to my trial, some of you guys went there. And my wife, you can talk to her. I'm about to go into a trial. It was two and a half weeks long and it was heavy duty. Sandra and I would sit in my car and we'd just pray, praise, listen to this praise song, powerful song, and all of a sudden, I'm ready to go. And God helped me out. Some of the people that were in this church were there and they're all freaking out and I'm eating and, and right before I went back after lunch, I'm in my car sleeping. It was amazing because God hits the power switch, the so ship, uh, 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 the, the, the switch turns on when you praise and worship him. You know, I think about the story that I read, and perhaps some of you guys have read this. There was a little boy, and he was kidnapped. This man goes up to him. He's at his house. He's playing. And the man offers him something. And the little boy goes up to him. And then the guy grabs him and throws him in the car and drives off. Horrible situation. You guys know in these situations, the chances of the little boy, little girl being brought back alive, unharmed, is almost zero. 
So he's driving, thinking, that's it. This little boy starts praising God and praising God and singing a praise song and singing a praise song. The guy can't take it anymore. Get out. Look it up. The little boy, safe and sound because God got involved because of praise and because of worship. See, when you don't praise God, you're denying yourself blessings and unleash and the unleashing of God's supernatural power, intervention and favor in your life and circumstances. And then why else should we praise him? For what he has promised us. Listen guys, this life is not all that there is. He's promised you and me heaven. Heaven. It's another fantastic reason to praise our Lord. So when, we've looked at now um, what, we've looked at why, when should we praise and worship the Lord? Well, listen to this. There are two times to praise God. When you feel like it, and when you don't. In other words, all the time. When do you praise God? All the time. Psalms 34.1 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously or always be in my mouth. In all situations, in the good times and in the bad times. The Bible says, count it all joy. Even when you are being tested in trials. James chapter 1 verses 2-4. So we, we ought to thank him for the trial that we're going through. The test. See, the Bible says... You know, when we thank him, not only does God get involved, but the devil flees and God comes in. And he gets involved and he helps you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, In everything give thanks, rejoice always. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The time, as I said earlier, of praise and worship is sacred. And should be treated as sacred. Sometimes, when we're here in praise and worship, there are some people, and you know, partly I think maybe it's lack of knowledge, okay? And so that can be part of the problem. But sometimes it's just sin. Sometimes it's just rebel- rebellion. Because if you read the Old Testament, you read how sacred they had to be in the presence of God. You didn't play around with it at all. So why is it that we think just because we're now in the New Testament, we can just be on our phones, yakking away during praise and worship, going to the restroom, or not even coming to praise and worship. I'm going to come for the sermon, Pastor Stevens, yeah. I mean, and I understand that. Your spirit gets fed. Listening to the great music stirs your emotion. But praise and worship gives glory to Him. And that's why we were made. So, what are we? Where, so now let's talk about where are we to praise and to worship the Lord? Well, the first verse of Psalms chapter 150, it says, Praise Him in the sanctuary and praise Him in His, in his mighty heavens. So, where are we to praise the Lord? From heaven all the way to earth. In other words, everywhere we're to praise Him. In the sanctuary, in His temple, here at church. 
two following verses in Psalms 111 and Hebrews 2.12. Look at this. It says, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Where? In the assembly of the upright in the congregation. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praises to you. Are you doing this? In the church? During the song service? Are you honoring God? Are you, you know, closing your eyes, hopefully, and saying, concentrating? Because it does take concentration. There's a lot of distractions. And sometimes the people are right around you. And you have to be able to close your eyes and go, God, you are worthy for me to praise you. I'm going to block everything out, God. You are worthy. God, I'm going through some hard times. God, this is a rough week. God, but you know what, God? Thank you. You are worthy, God. You are a good God. You've done so much for me. You've promised me so many things. God, I want to honor you. I have been made, God, to praise you. So I'm going to offer you right now the sacrifice of praise. The devil, he hates it when we do this. He tells us, don't do it. He tries to get us not to come to praise and worship. Tries to get us to go out and be in the restroom or whatever. Why is that? Have you guys noticed that? That during song service, we get bombarded with distractions, etc. Because the devil hates, hates God to get the glory. His name was Lucifer. And he was in heaven. And he was the one that was a song service leader, bringing the praises and the worship to Almighty God. And he wanted it for himself. And so he rebelled. And he caused one-third of the angels to go against God. And God says, no one is going to, no one is worthy for my praise and worship. No one but me. And he kicked Satan out. Kicked one-third of the angels out. And to this day, they're trying to keep the, the presence, the praise, the worship of God away from him. And we have to be knowledgeable about that. And we have to say, nah, devil, you're already in hell. Shut up, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give God the praise and the worship that he deserved. Praise him in the heavens. Well, let's talk about that. What is heaven going to be like? Let me read you Revelation chapter 19, verse 6 through 7. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters. This was noisy. And like the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give, give Him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride, that's us, has made herself ready. Wow. What's heaven going to be like? It's going to be loud. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be lifting up praise. It's going to be a gratitude and appreciation. It's going to be seeing the marks on his hands and saying, oh my gosh, I always believed it, but now I'm seeing it. And it's falling on our knees and saying, God, who am I? God, I made it. I made it. And a gratitude and an appreciation. It's going to be awesome. Philippians. I want to show you a scripture here because some people say, you know what? I don't want to praise God. I'm not going to bow down to anybody. No one. And I don't believe this God stuff. Well, there's coming a day where the Bible says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. 
Philippians 2, 10 through 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And those who are in heaven and on the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If we don't praise God, submit to God, get saved, and honor God and give Him the glory. I don't believe in this. You're going to do it. You're going to bow your knee. You're going to confess, oh God, you are God. But it's going to be too late. Because you're already on your way to hell. Because you didn't let God save you and give you a spirit that's alive. You said, I don't need him. You did not acknowledge the creator of the universe. You did not acknowledge the creator of your body and your soul. But you're going to. See, at the end of all time, all of God's people will join eternally to praise God. But the curse of sin is going to be removed. Right now, even right now, we have this voices, these, this you know, good and bad constantly fighting within us. Even right now, the devil saying, ah, malarkey, and all sorts of other stuff. Your spirit saying, God, yes. But your flesh and the world and the devil is saying, no. I thank God. When we get to heaven, we're not going to have that anymore. We're not going to have the sinful nature. It's going to be removed. And we're going to be able to praise our king in perfection. Now, I love this next line. It has been said that our praise and worship of God here on earth is simply preparation for the celebration of praise and worship that will take place in eternity. In other words, we're going to be praising God. We're, and right now, it's in preparation. We are being prepared. We're learning how to do it. So, we better be praising God now, don't you think? We better be Worshiping God right now. Because if you're not comfortable doing it now, you think you're going to be doing it then? And you think that God's going to allow you? In other words, let's get used to praising and to worshiping God. So, closing down. So how do we praise the Lord? Verse 3 to 6. First of all, how do we praise God? Before we get into to, to, to chapter 150, I'm going to reinforce. We can't praise Him unless we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Unless our spirit is alive, like we talked about, Adam and Eve got kicked out, their spirit was dead. And it wasn't until humanity had the opportunity to be forgiven of our sins through the blood, indwelt with the Holy Spirit, that now we are able to praise and to worship God. Because now we are under the influence. We hear people about DWI. But now we can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit under influence of God's spirit because the Bible says God is spirit and we can't worship him unless our spirit is alive. So instead of singing, woe is me, why is this going on and how our sinful nature always is. I love Psalms 43. It says, he puts a new song in us so we can praise the Lord. How can I praise the Lord? Having the Holy Spirit in you, living right, and then God puts a new song in us so we can praise him. Now, so, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. The Bible says that Paul the Apostle, he says, in church, what is the conclusion then? I will praise you with my understanding 
and I will praise you in the Spirit. In other words, in tongues, I'm going to praise you. In English or Spanish, I'm going to praise you. Our text, it talks about a variety of instruments. And all of those instruments can be pretty loud. And he says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We could use all of those instruments to praise God. How about with our hands raised up? Why do people raise their hands? Why is it that some people in this church raise their hands? It's a sign of surrender, submission, humility, a contrite spirit to God. Psalm 63, 4. So I will bless you as long as I live, and I will lift up my hands in your name, O God. Psalms 134, 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary at church and bless the Lord. 1 Timothy 2, 8, New Testament. Therefore, I want you in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands. Lifting up holy hands. So, as I close, who are you worshiping? You know, what does it mean to when, um, when it's said of somebody, he worships that car, man. I mean, golly. Man, he worships that girlfriend. Man, I'm telling you, the love of money on that guy. Man, his job, he's always there. He's a workaholic. 1979, there was this uh, man, he's still alive, a very, very popular singer. His, His name is Bob Dylan. And he gave his life to Christ during that short period of time. Very talented musician, very talented songwriter and composer. And he says in this song, you got to serve somebody. Either it's the Lord or it's the devil, but you're going to serve somebody. Look it up. It's a powerful song. And I know he can be messed up in a lot of ways, but boy, was he right on the money on that one. See, if it's the Lord... What can you praise him for today? If he's your Lord, what can you praise him for today? Your, cha- your, your climate, I promise you, if you do it, will change forever. And in, regardless of what situation you're in, your climate and your atmosphere, your circumstances will change forever. And if we do this in our church, I promise you, His word is true. I will inhabit this church because I inhabit the praises of my people. I'm going to have the musicians right now, I mean the guys in the back right now, play a song. And listen, guys, forgive me. This is an old song, okay? Uh, It's from the late 70s, okay? Um, But I think it's really Holy Ghost anointed. And I'm going to have them turn down the lights a little bit. And we're going to see the lyrics, and we're going to hear this song, and it's talking about praising the Lord before we hit the altar call. Uh-oh, that's not it, brother. What's going on? From the beginning, Jay Wawas. 
When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams. Turn on the light a little bit. And your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme. And you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. praising him why aren't you worshiping him perhaps it's because you're not saved yet your spirit still hasn't been made alive yet my friend that's why you were made your creator the lord god made you to praise him he made you to honor him and worship him he wants to make you not just his creation but his son and his daughter. He wants to forgive you of your sins. And he wants to be able to have communion with you 
having that friendship, having that bond to where you can communicate with him. If you're tired right now of this empty life, you're tired of the sin and the chains that bind, God loves you, and God wants to be able to save you. Cry out to him right now and say, God, that's it, God. I want to be saved, God. I want to know you. God, wake me up spiritually, Lord God, so I can commune with you. If that's you right now, we're going to, we want to pray for you. Why don't you raise your hand to Jesus? Say, God, that's me, Lord. Forgive me, God. Save me, God. I see that person there. Thank you for your honesty. God, save me, God. Forgive me. God loves you. Who will join this honest person and say, God, that's me. Forgive me of my sins, God. I want to be saved, Lord. I have not been worshiping you. I have not been praising you. And God, I want to have that relationship with you. I want to be able to be right with you. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I don't want to go to hell, God. And I know that every knee will bow, every tongue confess, but I don't want to wait till judgment day. I want to do it now, God. Forgive me. I want to do it now. If that's you, who will join this honest person? Anybody else? Raise your hand. Say, God, that's me. Backslider. If you aren't, 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 aren't praising God anymore, you're not worshiping God anymore, I see that honest person. Thank you for that. And you want to be able to give your life back to God. You want to be right with God again. You want to be able to have the liberty to be praising him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Anybody else? Join this honest person. Yes, I see that person right there. Thank you. Anybody else, guys? Anybody else? Say, God, that's me, God. Forgive me. I see that honest person. Anybody else? God, forgive me, God. I want to get it right. You are spirit, God. And you desire those to worship you in spirit and in truth. I need to be saved. Or God, I need to be sincere with you because I can't do it in truth because I'm living a life of hypocrisy. If that's you, ask God to forgive you. He's a gracious God. Anybody else? Join these honest people here. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Anybody else? All right. For those who raised your hand, look at me, please, guys. Did you mean that? I believe you did. Did you mean that? I believe both of you all did. Who else raised your hand, guys? Well, for those who raise your hand and want us to pray for you, please, come forward. Come on. We want to pray for you. Come on. Come forward. Come on, you all. Come forward. Joe, pray we're here with um, David. Hallelujah. 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 All right, guys. I'm going to open it up. When I was doing this study, it convicted me, guys, in spirit and in truth. God desires us to worship him and to praise him. It's sacred. It's holy ground. Let's come and let's make some commitments to our Lord. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, my God. Jesus, you are worthy, God. Worthy, God. Worthy.
worship you for you are the only one that deserves this honor, my God. Only one that deserves this worship, God. We thank you, my God, for we have been fearfully and wonderfully made, my God. You have saved us, God, from a devil's hell and from our own bad habits, our own sinful nature, my God. You've broken the chains that bind, God, and we thank you, my God, and we praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, God, we are not going to take it lightly anymore, God. In our praise and worship, we are going to honor you, Lord God. We are going to focus and we're going to concentrate, Lord God, because you are worthy, worthy, my God, of our to offer up the sacrifice of praise and honor. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to have, guys, the, the guys back there to have the music one more time. Forgive me for this old song. Um, but I, I'm going to have them sing it, play it one more time with the words, okay? And then afterwards, we're going to worship God. But look at these words. They're powerful. So I know it's an old-timer song, but guys, it's powerful. So let's turn down the lights a little bit, brother, and let's go ahead and play it one more time. Look at those songs. Look, look at those words, guys. We can stand up, and then we can just look at that. When From the beginning, brother. against a struggle that shatters all your dreams And your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme And you feel the urge within you To submit to earthly fears Don't let the faith you're standing in Seem to disappear Hey 
Lord. Your mercies, they endure forever, God. We lift you up. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, my God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Rolo Rabba Babasha. Rolo Rabba Babasa. Rolo Rabba Babasha. Rolo Rabba Babasa. Worthy, my God. Inhabit the praises of your people, my God. Rolo Rabba Babasha. Sobo Rolo Rabba Babasha. We are appreciative. We are grateful, my God, for your goodness and your mercies, my God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, guys. Praise and worship.